Hello guys, I welcome all of you to today's Farmcast and uh, we'll be discussing today another five drugs of choice and one question asked by a student. Do we need to study textbooks like Harrison, Gray's Anatomy or Harper's Biochemistry etc. for the NEET PG to get a good rank, right? So I'll discuss that at last. And apart from that guys, uh, there is uh, a request from another student uh, to not cover easy drugs of choice like cuff, chylothorax, etc. in the farm cast. Now guys, uh, I strongly disagree. Why? You have to understand one thing that you cannot measure everybody with the same yardstick or same units because see every student is different, right? And uh, I always stress, always, so why not to copy somebody? The reason being See, what somebody's priorities is, it might not be your priorities. What I'm saying this is, for example, suppose there are two students, right? And one student is weak in pharma and for him or her, something is better than nothing. So at least she or he can get something to hold on to in pharmacology. There is a second student who is very strong in pharma and probably knows almost all the drugs of choice, right? So for these two students, the approach should be different. So for the second student who knows everything, he might not get benefited from this farmcast. But the one who is weak in pharma and uh, he needs some motivation, some push every day to learn something every day. So that at the end of, uh, you know, these 60 days of farmcast, he has learned something. So those students will be benefited more. And you see, as, I, I have, as a teacher, I have to think about both these students, right? I, I hope you got my point. So guys, um let us straight away begin with uh, today's uh, five different drugs of choice the first one guys for today is cryptococcal meningitis so cryptococcal meningitis uh, the treatment can be divided into two phases one is induction another one is maintenance for induction we use a combination of two drugs think which two drugs are preferred for induction in cryptococcal meningitis think guys think there are two drugs one is liposomal amphotericin B plus second one is flu cytosine, right? So induction is amphotericin B plus flu cytosine. Now think which drug is used for maintenance. Your clue is it is an azole. Think guys, which, which is the azole of choice in cryptococcal meningitis? Is it fluconazole? Is it idraconazole? Is it posaconazole? Think which one is it? It is fluconazole, right? So liposomal amphotericin B plus flu cytosine for induction. Then we will discharge the patient on oral fluconazole now as one student asked me sir please discuss some mechanism of actions as well right so i'll do that as well here say liposomal amphotericin b what is the mechanism now most of you would know about the older mechanism that is it forms pores in the fungus but there is a new mechanism which has been updated in the recent edition of goodman gilman and that is what amphotericin b does it enters into the cell membrane of the fungus and sequesters ergosterol means it is just like a sponge what happens if you place a sponge in water it will sequester all the water in a similar way this amphotericin b which is a sponge it moves into cell membrane and it will suck sequester all the ergosterol and the cell membrane breaks right so here the most important point you need to understand is where amphotericin b acts cell wall cell membrane cytoplasm where think it is cell membrane the most important point guys right flu cytosin how does flu cytosin act flu cytosin it is a pro drug of 5 fluorouracil anti cancer drug right and how does 5 fluorouracil act as an anti cancer drug what it does 
it blocks what it blocks dna synthesis right so in the fungus also flu cytosine it acts by inhibiting dna synthesis and finally fluconazole how does fluconazole act guys all of you know it is an azole and azole they act by inhibiting ergosterol synthesis by inhibiting an enzyme what is the name of that enzyme 14 alpha sterol dimethylase now moving on to the second drug of choice guys here uh, treatment of cryptosporidiasis cryptosporidiasis has been asked a lot of time in your exams think what is the drug of choice for cryptosporidiasis cryptosporidiasis drug of choice is nitazoxanide it has been asked many times guys what is the mechanism of action of nitazoxanide think see guys what it does it it inhibits an enzyme called as pfor pyruvate pyridoxine oxidoreductase which is responsible for electron transport right and generation of atp in uh, this uh, protozoa so it blocks that pfor enzyme and blocks atp synthesis that is how it kills cryptosporidium so cryptosporidiasis drug of choice nitazoxanide you must remember alternative as well because nitazoxanide they have asked a lot of times so then they can ask you about the second drug and their second drug is paramomycin which means what cryptosporidiasis i can use either nitazoxanide or paramomycin which is an aminoglycoside and either of one can be used but drug of choice is nitazoxanide the next thing they can ask you is what if a patient is not responding to monotherapy yes what if a patient is not responding to monotherapy with nitazoxanide or paramomycin what i need to do next now remember guys if a patient does not respond to monotherapy what i can do is i can add an antibiotic and that is azithromycin so nitazoxanide or paramomycin plus azithromycin right moving on to the third disorder for today cutaneous leishmaniasis now guys remember cutaneous leishmaniasis the drug of choice is still sodium stibogluconate whereas for visceral leishmaniasis or kala azar the drug of choice is intravenous liposomal amphotericin b but the oral drug of choice is miltiphosin right so cutaneous leishmaniasis drug of choice is sodium stibogluconate alternatives are drugs like amphotericin b pentamidine paramomycin these are alternatives to sodium stibogluconate now the fourth one guys cycloplegia right so cycloplegia is an effect that we desire for refractive error test so this is a fairly easier one which you must have studied in ophthalmology as well so in adults which is the preferred cycloplegic of choice in adults it is tropicamide why because it is short acting guys and for diagnosis if you remember in pharmacology i reiterate this time and again whenever i use a drug for diagnosis whenever i use a drug for intraoperative period whenever i use a drug uh in a patient who is serious in those cases i choose a drug which is very short acting so in this case guys tropicamide is used because it is very short acting whereas children the table changes in children the preferred cycloplegic is atropine why because atropine is a very potent cycloplegic and children they have very powerful muscles of accommodation right and that is the reason why we use atropine ointment here tropicamide we use drops atropine we use ointment coming to the last disorder for today guys that is cyclosporiasis and cyclosporiasis it has been asked recently in your aims exam 
and in fact they have not given you directly cyclosporiasis they had given you an image of cyclospora and they had asked you what would be the preferred drug for treatment of the organism given in the picture so cyclosporiasis guys the drug of choice though it is a protozoa the drug of choice is an antibiotic that is cotrimoxazole so guys get it in your head cotrimoxazole is the drug of choice for cyclosporiasis now you must know some alternatives right alternatives to cotrimoxazole are either nitazoxanide or ciprofloxacin both can be used in cyclosporiasis so guys that's all from this section of drug of choice today right so one student guys he asked me sir please cover at least one anti cancer drug as well in your farm cast because it is a difficult one so i could revise so I, as i said guys every student is different right so guys i will uh, honor your request and i'll try to discuss uh, some drugs in farm cast related to anti cancer so remember guys uh, there is a class you know called as alkylating agents right and in alkylating agents which is the most important drug there are two drugs in fact cyclophosphamide and iphosphamide right so cyclophosphamide and iphosphamide these are two important anti cancer drugs and here if i talk about cyclophosphamide uses are never asked but the most important of uses of cyclophosphamide are one it is drug of choice for vaginal granulomatosis second important use is in nephrotic syndrome so these are non neoplastic uses whereas the use in cancer or neoplastic uses of cyclophosphamide um it is one of the important uses is in non hodgkins lymphoma right and second important use of cyclophosphamide is in breast cancer see there are other many uses but i am focusing here on, on only the important ones which, which have the higher probability of being asked so cyclophosphamide vaginal granulomatosis nephrotic syndrome breast cancer non hodgkins lymphoma so this is the bare minimum you need to know nevertheless i would advise you to focus uh, more on the side effects of cyclophosphamide and iphosphamide iphosphamide is used in testicular cancer so side effects if i talk about these two drugs the very first thing you need to understand is what is the difference between cyclophosphamide and iphosphamide with respect to toxicity see guys iphosphamide is much 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 more toxic as compared to cyclophosphamide because it produces more of the toxic metabolites like acrolein right so one important side effect of these drugs is hemorrhagic cystitis and what is the cause of hemorrhagic cystitis it is a toxic compound called as acrolein that causes hemorrhagic cystitis and it is more with iphosphamide as compared to cyclophosphamide second thing is what is the drug that we use for treatment of hemorrhagic cystitis guys the drug we use for treatment of hemorrhagic cystitis is called as mesna right and mesna whenever i use i always use guys with iphosphamide i always use mesna but with cyclophosphamide i use mesna only if i'm using cyclophosphamide at high doses because the risk is lesser with cyclophosphamide as compared to iphosphamide another important aspect of toxicity of both these drugs is neurotoxicity and neurotoxicity like generalized tonic clonic seizures can be seen right ataxia can be seen so these side effects are more again with iphosphamide than cyclophosphamide in fact the most neurotoxic alkylating agent is iphosphamide so guys i hope uh, you, you would have got at least uh, one drug one i mean two drugs clear here on anti cancer drugs so i'll try i'll try if time permits to discuss some anti cancer drugs as well 
So guys, we have come to the last uh, part of our farmcast, uh, and I'll discuss a question which was asked by a student: Do we need to study textbooks like Harrison, etc., to get a good rank in NEET PG? Now, it's a good question, guys, and I do frequently get uh, this question from many students, and uh, I cannot generalize the answer to all the students. So, right. So what I'll do is I'll divide the students into two groups: one, the undergrad students; second. those students who are intern or post intern who uh, who are about to appear for the neat exam right so if you are an if you are an undergrad student guys see it i it has been seen right previously that students who have a good habit of uh, reading standard textbooks they have a higher chance of getting a good rank because their, their concepts are much more clear right and so if you are an undergraduate please don't stop studying your textbooks making notes out of them right go through the images go through the diagrams try to make a soft copy collection of your own from the books from the postings x ray ct eeg with some history so this is like a something a clinical logbook kind of thing which you can maintain and try to make a soft copy and you know nowadays it is easier to make uh, e notes and store them isn't it so that is going to help you a lot when you go for the neat exam or next exam whatever you are going to appear in the future now coming to the immediate problem for those students who are intern or post intern now for these i i cannot say that we can just write off the role of textbooks in their preparation no i would be wrong in that but the role is limited try to get my point if you are intern or post intern the biggest crunch you have is that of time time plays a very vital role in competitive exams so during this period time is limited and too much of anything can be counterproductive so how to use textbooks is very simple guys number 1 see what you can do here is uh, pick up the frequently asked topics right you'll get a hang of the frequently asked topics when you go through the questions like uh, you would agree with me when you uh, cruise through the questions of medicine you will see a lot of questions repeatedly being asked on hocm hyperkalemia right diabetes so these are very commonly asked and suppose you feel that you feel that you're not able to you know solve the questions adequately even after going through the notes and uh, after doing everything you are still feeling not confident right you're feel you, you feel yourself on a wet wicket on that particular topic so what you can do you can go back to harrison take out hocm as a topic and briefly go through it and try to build up your concept so here what you need to do is do selective study to fill the gaps that you have in your knowledge so that is a judicious use of textbook while you are preparing so guys remember uh, while you are uh, your intern or post intern period right you have to go through 19 subjects right so too much of anything can be bad and you cannot read cover to cover at this stage now who boast about doing it probably they have read only cover right so that's on a lighter note so guys that's all for today and uh, if you have any particular doubt or query with related to your preparation just like this students they have please do let me know in the comment box and i'll try to incorporate it in one of my farm cast take care guys bye bye this was dr ranjan with you